For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in. Hour number two of the program here on Friday. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. And uh, coming up in the bottom half of the hour, we, we will be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad, who uh, will be talking with us about a variety of things going on in the city. And we will... She won't have another counselor joining her today. They're all taking part in the uh, flag ceremony of the raising of the Irish flag for St. Patrick's Day. And I, you know, had spoken with her about possibly taking some phone calls. She's going to come in uh, sometime soon and come in and do a segment with us here in studio. And she will take your calls during then, just so that you know later on, because there is a lot of stuff that we want to cover today with her uh, when we have her on the phone. And she's not going to be, um, you know, she might not be on with us long enough to, to cover all of that and be able to take phone calls too. So, but she has said she would be willing to come in at some point and, uh, and we can take your calls with her then. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, just to give everyone a heads up, uh, Route 18 in the northbound side, there was a car being chased heading south on the northbound Route 18. So where, whereabouts? Um, downtown, I was coming up, coming off of okay, so uh, the Wheeling City Terminal. So, and they're heading, they were heading, heading, they'll probably at the south end by now if the car hasn't stopped. All right, well, hopefully everybody hearing this pulls over and gets safe. Yeah, needless to say, it was quite a, quite a shock. <laughs> and, uh, and I never understood why people like try to try to go down there. Like, uh, like when, the, when, whenever that happens, you know, try to, if you're trying to lose the police, go, go down the side streets. Don't stay yeah, on Route yeah. 18. But, yeah, and like I said, heading the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, especially that way. Well, yeah. I'm, gl I'm oh, glad yeah. that you were safe, and I hope everybody else is as well. Thank you. All right, you have a good day. Thank you. You too. Uh, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app, and uh, we can talk about a variety of things, but uh, I, I just put out the podcast with the interview from last hour with U.S. Senator Ed Markey about the AM radios and the uh, electric vehicles. And I will certainly, you know, if, if people want to hear it again, we can play it again in the third hour because it, to me, it is a very important thing. And it's not just, in, in reading the car manufacturer's response letters, they all point out how much that the emergency broadcast system has changed. That the emergency broadcast system now includes app alerts. So, and you've probably gotten these on your phone where uh, there's an Amber alert. And your phone just goes off all of a sudden. 
and it makes this like really strange noise. And you look over and it's an Amber Alert. And you say, what? I have all of my alerts turned off. I have all of my, everything's on silent, but they can override that with certain alerts. And it happened when we had the tornado in Wareham uh, a year ago or two years ago. I forget how long ago it was now. But when they had the tornado that was in the area, we got an alert that there was a tornado in the area. And I keep my phone on silent all the time. But you heard that alert. It came through. And they can do it for the same type of things they would send out emergency broadcast system alerts for. And that's great. I'm glad that they have included all of that and, and expanded the technology of the, well, it's called the EAS, the emergency alert system. I'm glad that they were able to, to, to start putting all of that into play so that people got the information, even if they weren't around the radio. But the other part of it is what happens if those operations aren't available what happens if people don't have those devices see it's not just about being in the radio uh, being in the car and hearing something on the radio and knowing that there's something going on which is the way the car manufacturers were trying to portray it like they're not going to need to be listening on the radio to find out they're going to find out other ways no the fact is that when something goes wrong people go and turn on the radio And maybe generationally that will change, but we're, we're still a ways away from that. When, when, when there's something going on, if, if there's a loud boom that happens, okay, loud boom, probably a bad example because most people are just going to run to Facebook, but they're going to turn on the radio, a local radio station to say, are they going to address what just happened? When aliens land on, on, on the town hall steps, people are going to be turning into, tuning into the radio station to find out what's going on. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, and you? I'm doing all right. What's on your mind? Happy St. Patty's Day. I cooked my well. corned beef. I picked out a lousy one this time, though, at Market Basket. It was oh, no. so fatty. Oh, no. First time I ever got one so bad. Is that point cut or flat cut? No, it was point, but I've had points that were good. Yeah. This one was the worst I ever got. I usually have very good point cuts. And it wasn't, they're not cheap this year either, so I don't know. I, I bought two, so I'll, I'm not in the mood today because I'm going to go to that comedy, so I'm just chilling. Uh, I did enough yesterday, but I wanted to, if you asked me about the, um, the, the um, Matt Fraser show. Yes. So I did go, but you know I'm not big on um, on on thinking that there's ghosts and all that stuff. Sure, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, um, I I sat and watched and looked and listened, and um, I kind of think you know there's mostly women in the audience, by the way. I think, and they put themselves in such a vulnerable position, and I kind of think that like that the reason why he says to have the whole row stand up. That's because when he says he's feeling something, but if when he makes a mistake and says to one person about like um, something like, did your father die of uh, a blood clot? I'm just making it up. Sure. And she'll say, the girl will say no. So he'll go, the next one will like in the row will say, oh, well, my, my uncle did or something like that. So, I mean, that's, a, that's a lead right there. You know what I mean? I yeah, was looking well, at it, and anybody can be a medium if you study it and you try to get into it and 
And I, that's what I think anyway. There's, there's some degree of what people call cold reading, which is where, uh, you know, you're, you're doing that kind of thing. And so, and so I've talked a lot about it on Spooky over the years. And some people say cold reading is, is wrong because they're just looking to get those clues from people. Other people say cold reading is kind of like a way to jumpstart the actual reading that they, you know, they, they're, they're trying to feel out where the connection is and then the connection becomes stronger once they identify the person. I can tell you that Michael Rock from Fun 107, he went to the show with his wife. He wrote an article about it and it's at WBSM.com, but he, he wrote about this because he he felt the same way you did. That some of it seemed a little bit like, oh, I don't really know about that. But that, that when he started talking to the people and he was making connections that they couldn't possibly have known, that's when he was impressed by what he saw. Yeah, but I only I only saw him do that once. And like fentanyl's strong around here, and so he did a thing with fentanyl. And um, it, it's just that I, I think anybody can, can become a, a medium if you want to practice and. And and key in on it. Like I've I've had some intuition things that I've had happen to me. So I mean, and I think it's 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 not. I don't think it's really a gift. I think you can practice it and learn it and do it. But know what would impress me if he said to somebody, um, "Oh, your um your your grandmother died and her name was," and say it right out. Sure. Now that that would impress me. But well, not all this other stuff that I saw because uh, I wouldn't go again. Because to me, it's uh, he's getting paid big money, and I don't think it's it's really real. I think it's you know it's it's a made up thing. He's, but you got doing he, it. He's there's got to be something to get paid big money. Good for him. He's doing good. But my, I'm my, going my, to laugh. I want to go laugh tonight, so I'm going to go do that. That's good for your soul. I'd rather do that than and, absolutely than watch that. Where, where, where's the comedy show? Seaport Inn. And did who are some of the comedians? Do you know, just one. It's an Irish guy. It was on VSM. That's how I found it. Oh, I, I must not have heard it. I'm, yeah, Phil. Oh. Phil had it on his show, and the guy was funny on the air. So, oh yeah, I, no, I, gotta, I probably I probably yeah. didn't wake up early enough to hear it. Oh, all right. I, well, I usually I wake up about a half an hour before I go on the air. Yeah, you work hard. I hope you have a great day today. Happy St. Patty's Day. Enjoy all your food. Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope you have a blast Thank tonight. You. Take care. Bye. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't hear about that. I, I, I might have gone. I took the night off from the stuff that I normally do uh, on a Friday night, so... Although I do like to stay home on St. Patrick's Day. There was the last time I went out on St. Patrick's Day, it was years and years ago. And I, I used to cover the Celtics for the Standard Times. And I was covering a Celtics game. They were playing at the Garden against the Denver Nuggets. Carmelo Anthony was on the Denver Nuggets at the time. That's how long ago it was. And I asked him, I said, gee, in the, in the locker room after the game, I said, gee, you know, Melo, it's really, really an honor, I guess, to, to, to be able to, to play the Celtics you know, the team that is based in the Irish history in Boston on St. Patrick's Day. That's a, And he was like, no, nah, I don't know anything about that. I was like, um, okay. But anyway, after the game was over, because it was like an afternoon or eve, early evening game, I was like, all right, I'm going to go out on St. Patrick's Day because I'm in Boston and this is the place to be. And I've never done this before. And I don't know when I'll get the chance again. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to party. Well, I had two drinks. That was it. Because I was like, I've got to drive home from Boston to Wareham. But I was at one of the bars across the street from the garden 
and just hanging out and uh, and some friends from Wareham came up and joined me and at the end of the night we get ready to leave and so they're like all right we'll see you later and they like left a few minutes before me and I stayed and I was talking to some people at the bar that I had met and then I was like all right I got to go get my car see you later and they're like oh you know would you mind giving us a ride so that we can avoid a cab? And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a ride. So we go over to the to the TD Garden garage, the one underneath North Station. And I'm like, don't worry. I got room for everybody. Oh, you know, having a good time. Get Go to get in the elevator. The elevator is locked. The elevator's not working. It's 10 minutes of one, five minutes of one, whatever it was. The garage closes at one. But the... Elevators were already locked, so we couldn't get down there in time. By the time we try to get there, the, the garage is shut down, the doors, the whatever it is, the barrier they pull down is down. Now my car is locked in the garage overnight, which was a $95 fee to get it out the next morning. But meanwhile, I had nowhere to go. So I was like, I'm just going to sleep in the train station, I guess. We'll just hang out here until... You know, whenever the garage opens at 7, 8, 8, 7 or 8 a.m., whatever it is. And so these people are like, well, now we'll just get a cab. You can come back with us. So I just went to some random apartment in Quincy with these people. Uh, stayed up all night. Had a few drinks since I wasn't going anywhere at that point, And then got up at like 6 in the morning and took the train back to the garden. But that was the last time I went out on St. Patrick's Day. And I don't think that I would do it again. Because that was, that was a lot. So I don't know how you folks do it. I don't go out on New Year's Eve. I don't, to, to be honest with you, I really don't go out at all anyway. I'm kind of a homebody. I stay home, I stay in and, you know, my idea of having a party is being able to watch like three things on TV before I have to go to bed. So I will probably uh, enjoy, like I said, I usually watch The Quiet Man on St. Patrick's Day or maybe Darby O'Gill and the Little People. But tonight I'm going to watch that uh, that new U2 documentary on Apple Plus. Uh, no, I'm sorry, on Dis uh, Disney Plus, which uh, was just released today, along with the new album, which people have been asking me, we know you're a U2 super fan. What do you think of the new album so far? And I'm not really impressed. I didn't see the need to redo all these songs and in some cases come up with new lyrics. And they all just sound like they were all recorded in Bono's bedroom during the pandemic. So... Yeah, we'll see. I generally love everything that they do, but this... I mean, I shouldn't say I love it. I can be critical of the stuff that's not that great. Some of the recent music has been not that great. Some of it's been very good, but a lot of it has been not, not, not good at all. So I'll be, uh, I'll be tuning into that over the course of the weekend as I'm running around doing different things. I'll, I'll stream it and see, see how I feel about it overall. But uh, you can expect more U2 throughout the course of the show today. Because I've got that queued up, I've got the zomb, uh, I've got the uh, cranberries, I've got some uh, Thin Lizzy coming up, and maybe the Pogues. Who know? Who knows what we'll play? But uh, we'll definitely be playing more of the the Irish rock bands, since I know Barry will be playing a lot of the traditional Irish music for you a little bit later on. He of the green hair, Barry. So uh, we will uh, we'll talk with him. Uh, well, I'm sorry, we'll talk with you when we come back on the other side of a break. Uh, we will have Council President Linda Morad joining us. And we will talk a lot about some of the things going on in the city. And then we can get your reaction to it in the 11 o'clock hour. And when we are talking about some of these, these issues, it's important to note that we get bits and pieces of information sometimes. You know, we, we, can't, we can't expect that in the course of these conversations that we can lay out all the little nuances of everything that's going on. And we don't always have all of the 
information at the time. So I've got a few questions I want to ask Council President Morad about this the CPA question, about the Community Preservation Act question that will be on the ballot and what will be um, what will be expected of, you know, what will happen if the people vote for uh, repealing it. Where where will we get the, the funding to be able to continue these projects? That's one thing that I want to talk about with her. There was also, I believe, a finance committee meeting last night. We can find out what happened there. And... Uh, we will also discuss what is coming up on the council agenda. If you want to hear some talk about the CPA and some, some housing issues, you can listen to the podcast of last night's edition of South Coast Tonight. Chris and Marcus interviewed Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll, and it was, it's, it was, um, was wide-ranging for just being in a, in a short amount of time. They had her on for one segment at the beginning of the 8 o'clock hour, but it was, it, they covered a lot of ground when it came to things like offshore wind, housing issues, whether or not she supported supported the idea of rent stabilization or rent control and how they were able to make things work in Salem when she was the mayor of Salem. So you can uh, check that out on podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, just search WBSM and you'll be able to find all of our podcasts. So that can be Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Amazon Music, just type in WBSM, you'll find that. And you can even just go right into Google and type in you know, South Coast Tonight podcast, and it'll give you the direct Google link. But if it's easier for you, and it's probably easier for you, just download the WBSM app. You open it up. All of our podcasts are right there. It's nice and easy to find, easy to play, and there's no commercials. It's uh, it's it's great for you. I mean, there might be a few little ads here and there to, to help support the, the podcast stream, but it's you don't get the entire commercial break like you do on the air. And it's it's simple to do. It's so easy. And how do you download the WBSM app? Well, all the instructions are at WBSM.com. But you can also uh, you can also just go to your app store and download it directly there. And then keep that on your phone. You will get breaking news alerts. You will get all of our live traffic and weather. You will get all of our great content. You will get all of our streams, all of our podcasts, everything all in one easy-to-find place. And it's all thanks to our friends at South Coast Towing. The free WBSM app. There is nothing better to put on your phone. Seriously, it's probably the app I use the most more than anything on my phone. Okay, maybe not as much as Facebook, but a, a very close number two. All right, we'll take a break, and then we'll be back with New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. Stay tuned. Welcome back in. Uh, it is time now for our weekly chat with New Bedford City Council President Linda Morat, who joins us on the line. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Oh, Tim, how are you today? <laughs> Top of the morning to you, I guess we should say, right? You got your green one, right? Uh, no, I'm wearing a black shirt today. Oh, come on. I don't look good in green. I, I look I look like the Incredible Hulk let himself go. So how, how about you, how about you though? I'm sure I'm sure you've you've got some green on today. I have a little green uh, shamrock on my sweater. Yes, I'm I'm, I'm in the spirit of I'm a hundred percent Lebanese, but today I'm a hundred percent honorary Irish. Well, are you are you a corned beef person? I do like corned beef. Yes, I'm actually we were at the uh, Friendly Sons uh, banquet last Saturday night at the Century House, and they had corned beef, and it was delicious. So. Uh, we'll see. I know the uh, bishop gave dispensation today to anybody who wants to eat corned beef. We'll, we'll see what's on my menu later today. 
Absolutely. Well, speaking of beef, let's get right into the beef of last night's <laughs> finance committee meeting. Uh, I noticed on the agenda that um, that there was a motion from Councillor Pereira to have uh, the city auditor, the chief financial officer, and the personnel director appear before the committee to discuss the ongoing employee title changes in order to alter said employees' corresponding pay. So this is this is more of the adjustments to those salary reclassifications. So um, uh, the CFO and the auditor joined us last night. Uh, the personnel director was unavailable. She sent uh, someone from her office. But what was really funny last night, I guess the gremlins were working. As soon as that item was read into the record, the hard drive for cable access died. And so we were not able to continue to record the meeting at that point. It was around 10 of 8. And so we adjourned the meeting without hearing that item oh. because we think that item is important and we want to be sure that whatever the discussion is, is certainly, you know, televised for the general public to be able to hear. So unfortunately, we couldn't discuss that item last night. And as I said, it was it was unbelievable the coincidence of it, because as soon as it was read into the record, uh, Gus from Cable Access said, we got to stop. <laughs> so I don't know. So that was working against us last night. That'll be picked up at, at the next meeting? Um, I'm sure that uh, Councillor Ma Omaki, as he's being referred to today, uh, will take care of putting that on either the next agenda or the agenda after that. We have we have quite a few things coming now with uh, the CPA being discussed. It'll be in front of us this coming Thursday to be referred to finance. And we have a couple other items that will need attention as well. So it'll be it'll be within the next two finance meetings for sure. So I, I want to talk about the CPA because that's been a, a topic of a lot of conversation here on the station and, and uh, yeah. with the callers. And so I, I broke it down, and, and, and your numbers might be different than mine if you've looked into it, but I looked at, into it based on the average home price in New Bedford on a couple of real estate sites and what the tax rate is uh, that the city council set and what the 1.5% of that would be. And by my math, it came out to about you know just under $7 a month for the average taxpayer. And I'm just, I'm looking at, the the amount of um, benefit to the CPA compared to how apparently relatively small it's costing taxpayers. So there are there are people that are that are complaining about the what essentially amounts to about eighty bucks a year when they get yep. all this benefit out of it. Yep. So um, as I said in my debate a week or so ago, um, I get regular calls. I think a couple of my colleagues stood up and say they do as well. And it could be at that point, Tim, that people are so aggravated about the increase in their tax bill because, again, the CPA surcharge is on the third quarter uh, fiscal year tax bill due February 1st, which is also reflective of the increase in the tax uh, taxes on a property as set by the council in December. So, you know, they could be very frustrated with the fact that their taxes have gone up and now they see this surcharge from which they don't seem to think they get a benefit. So, you know, whether I agree with the CPA or not, um, there certainly have been some wonderful projects that have been done with that money. And, you know, I understand the ability to match funds. I understand the ability to, you know, bring additional investment based on the CPA. But it really doesn't matter about what I think, does it? It matters what the people think. And so as the other two motions were on the agenda, this is a listening tool. Um, to see what the people really think. If it comes back that, you know, it's pretty close, half-half, I'm assuming that the council, myself included, would not move forward because there is a good benefit for this to 
for the CPA funds to and what they do for the city of New Bedford and different projects. But if it comes back overwhelmingly to repeal it, it is my job as an elected official and my colleagues as well to listen to the will of the people. That's who elects me. So we'll see what happens. It could be that these are isolated uh, phone calls that myself and my colleagues are getting, or it could be the actual sentiment of the city residents um, in New Bedford, but we'll have to wait and see. And just so I can clarify, um, I heard a couple people um, you know, making comments about the way I had originally placed it on the agenda. The way the CPA is written, the law is written, the governing body, in this case the city council, needs to approve the item being placed on the agenda. So that's what I did um, when I originally put my motions forward. I followed the proper procedure to put it on the agenda. When my, co- oh, I'm sorry, on the ballot. When my colleagues uh, wanted to listen to the people before they allowed the people to speak, I said, okay, then we can do it as an advisory, as we are doing with the mayoral term and with the affordable housing uh, rent stabilization. So we'll see. I mean, um, I'm expecting that the administration will veto all three of those motions, and uh, we'll see if there's the will in the council to override the veto. As you know, we'll need eight votes on each one of them. And uh, if so, then it'll be in front of the residents of the city in the fall for them to make a determination uh, whether they want to consider repealing it or whether they want to continue going forward. I, I did receive uh, some some information from the CPA committee about yep. about the you know obviously as we discussed last week the question as it will appear on the November ballot does not directly reference the CPA but uh, in this information from them they share the original question which does directly mention the it CPA will, yes it will um, will once the once the item is going to be placed on the ballot we will modify on the ballot the verbiage um you probably you and your listeners probably couldn't see that there was on the council uh, paperwork uh indication that more verbiage would be supplied and that will be supplied in conjunction with our attorney and with the city solicitor so that people will certainly know what it is that they're voting on it won't just say the chapter in the verse of massachusetts law it will actually have an explanation as to what the item is before them and, and it really seems too like the CPA committee now, based on the phone calls that you received, they, they the, the the onus is on them as well to be able to publicize the great work that this has brought to the city and the great projects that it's been able to fund, so that they can educate. Because it sounds like people just aren't educated as to to what this is actually going toward. Well, as I said in my debate, um, you know, oftentimes when I get calls like this, I tell people about the projects that have been completed in the city. Uh, with the contribution of their money and the matched funds. And so, uh, you know, when you have an opportunity to tell people uh, what you're doing and why you've got the money going forward, uh, people, some people say, yes, okay, I'm, I'm okay with it. And other people say, well, thank you, but I don't, you know, I don't want, I don't want any more bills on my behalf uh, going to this. This is what my tax dollars are for. Can't you take a piece of my tax dollars and, and match um, and match the CPA without taking additional money out of my pocket. I mean, uh, you know, Tim, in our community, I know you know this because you're out and about. I'm out and about myself. There, people are people are hurting. They they really are. It's, things have gone up so much. I hear some of your callers from time to time say, you know, all I can afford now is basic cable. So, you know, if they're an older person, you know, they're kind of sitting in their home. They're not able to go out for entertainment, et cetera. Their television is their entertainment. 
And now they're telling me they can, you know, they can only get two or three channels now because they can't afford the tier prices that, you know, Comcast is charging. People, people are hurting. And as I said, you know, we've raised taxes significantly over the last several years. And we've also now, we've increased your water and your sewer bill. And you're only seeing a small piece this year. You'll see a larger piece soon uh, to accommodate the uh, mandated changes that we need to to do for the CSO outlets and for our, for our underground systems, according to the DEP and the EPA. So that that's mandated work. It's unfunded mandates, and it's big bucks. And the only way we're going to pay for that is through the rate payers. And the way that that's going to happen is your sewer and water bill are going to increase dramatically. Now, I don't know if you heard all of the, the calls that, that came in, but some of the callers have, have been critical and even myself have suggested, you know, is is looking at the CPA issue, for example, you know, finding a way to save you that average of $80 on your bill, is, is that in any way related to the fact that people are concerned about the fact that these salary reclassifications are costing them more money as, as taxpayers? No, I, I don't think that's the issue. Um, you know, salary reclassifications are normal course of business. Uh, we've adjusted salary. I've been on the council now 20 years. We've adjusted salaries twice in that 20-year period. Um, you know, I don't think that that's exorbitant for what had happened in the marketplace. And I think that the fact that we were uncompetitive, and we still are uncompetitive as it relates to ASME police and police um, recruits, that I think that is demonstrated that something needed to be done at that point in time. And again, callers um, can be critical about what the council did, but the council only tried to be sure that we were fair and equitable with all the people that were working for the city. If you are a director of a department, um, you know you should be paid at the director's salary. And uh, you know that that's the issue in my perspective. We shouldn't have some directors being paid at grade two and some directors being paid at grade six and some directors being paid at grade 18 or 16, whatever it was, they should all be paid and compensated at the same level. If that's your title um, and that's your responsibility, and they are similar responsibilities, that's what those people uh, should be making. So, uh, and again, I don't think it's exorbitant in my, in my personal opinion. As I said to you, we've only done it twice in 20 years. And as you know, salaries have significantly changed in the private sector over a 20-year period. That, no, absolutely. That that's definitely true. And then, unfortunately, for some of us, they they haven't changed. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and for some of us, that's true. They haven't changed. <laughs> well, yeah. At least in terms of the council position, you know, you, you you try to give yourselves a raise years ago to try to get up to the point of you know where it's at least worth the part time effort you're putting in, and everybody still brings it in, brings it up every time they call to complain about the council. Well, yeah, you know, you they know. voted themselves a pay raise. I know, and you know, again, I. I I'm a math person, right? You know, when your base is so slow, so low, no matter what the dollar increase is, the percentage is huge. And, you know, so there was a small dollar increase. Um, you know, that happened in the two years that I was not on the council. But, um, you know, you had a small dollar increase, but the base was so low that the percentage looked like it was 44%. I think that was the number. But the number, the base, the number, the actual increase that the council got back then was, was relatively minor. But, you know, it's it's what sells newspapers, I guess. I don't know. And and I know, you know, the, the council calendar this week included a, a meeting uh, of the Committee on City Property, and there were some interesting items that went on in that meeting. 
Yeah, they were. Um, you know, uh, for your listeners, um, we're in the process of finalizing the plans for uh, reconstruction of County Street, uh, southerly from Union Street, a project that's desperately needed. Um, that roadway has been subject to many, many accidents, one fatality, uh, the way that road is structured. The sidewalks on that um, street and the, the uh, lot, the uh, tar as well, are past their prime and need to be and need to be redone. So we've got big money from the state and a commitment for the state to do that. So we began, began the process of allowing the Department of Public Infrastructure to go forward to get appraisals on the parcels that we need to either take temporary or permanent easements on while the work is being done. Uh, temporary easements allow the construction companies to place equipment, et cetera, on the properties so that they can safely do the reconstruction. Permitted easements where you know we actually have to take a piece of someone's land to make the layout work for the city under the current regulations for road width, sidewalk width, for ADA compliance, et cetera. And what happens is you have an independent appraisal company go out, assess what the value is of each of those uh, easements, and then we actually pay the residents that money for either the temporary or the permanent easement. So we started that process going forward. That's not any different than what we did when I had a Cushioned Avenue reconstructed many years ago, Tocken Hill Road, um, Allen Street. It's the same process. People are compensated for you know what's going on in front of their property for the period of the construction. And what's funny too is you know I'm sure people understand all of that, but it's just a matter of you know having to give up that little piece of the land, even though they know that it's for the greater good and they're being compensated for it. You know, people look at that and they're like, "Oh, it just seems like you know city hall stepping on my foot here," but that's that's not the case. It it really does serve the public in a greater way. It does, and you know the the appraisal, the amounts that are paid are 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 they're good money. They're not. We don't try to, you know, shortchange anyone in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, some residents will say, well, I got money and I don't have to pay taxes on that any longer because the property line where you're taking a permanent easement is, is redrawn. So, you know, that process moves forward that way. Yeah. And, and so that was, a, that was a very interesting discussion. That was a good discussion. We had, uh, we had two other items on city property. I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, um, one that I was interested in was the one about, you know, looking for RFPs for that vacant lot at the, at the airport, which it seems to be valued at about $85,000, and, and that was last year. It could be even more now. Yeah, that item was tabled. Um, I had stepped out of the room. Oh, I remember what that was. I had stepped out of the room because we had had a conversation with, the gentleman who's the president um, of the uh, down at the Fort Tabor Community Center, and uh, about our closing the gates down at Fort Tabor, I'll address that for a minute. But I had stepped out uh, to speak to him in the hallway, and when I came back, that item had been tabled. I'm not sure why, but that will probably be heard at the next city council, uh, city property meeting. But um, we did we did come to a resolution on that, and in the past. The gates at Fort Tabor during the summertime had been closed at 8 o'clock. And as you know, we have a policy in our city parks that there's no activity in those parks after dusk. And, um, you know, for public safety reasons, et cetera. But what was happening is both the military museum and the uh, community boating program, et cetera, uh, they were not able to conduct their seminars and or their meetings, et cetera, after 8 o'clock because they couldn't get out of Fort Tabor Park. So as an experiment this year, we're going to leave those gates open. We have some 
We've had some conversations with the police department who will continue to patrol those areas for us so that they will begin be able to continue their programs and um, and not be uh, inhibited by the fact that the gates were closing at seven o'clock at eight o'clock rather. So uh, several times, I guess, Councilor Gomes and former Councilor Lopes had to uh, find the key so that they could let people out because the gates were locked and there were still cars in uh, at meetings in those two buildings. But that, but that would mean you know n- nobody would still be allowed to use the park after after dusk and and, and until sunrise. Correct. It's post. It's posted, but you know we'll see how it goes because obviously the gates are open. People might drive in there. We have that same issue at Brooklawn and Buttonwood um, and Hazelwood. There are no gates, and from time to time, even though it's posted that you're not supposed to be in the park after dusk, you know we could find people with um, you know parked or doing things that they shouldn't be doing in the park. So our police department is very active in patrolling those parks. So I guess we'll just have to add that for Fort Tabor as well. And, and that's just you know that's just a safety issue. It's not it's not any way of trying to limit people's access to it. It's to it's to be able to keep them safe. That's correct. Yep. Um, and you know the parks aren't lit. Uh, you know the basketball courts or the tennis court at Buttonwood they're they're lit. But the you know the um, the general area where the parks are they're not lit. So that's why we try to be sure that people are not in there and uh, as you said it's a safety issue for everybody. And, uh, the other item we discussed in uh, city property was very interesting. Uh, Brad Brook, who had worked for the city for many years in, in the selfish area, that's tough to say, uh, we're doing some uh, mitigation of the seawall down in the Clark's Cove area because the pipe uh, main interceptor that uh, runs the sewage from everywhere in the city to the uh, sewage treatment plant, is it was built in the 1920s. And the seawall has eroded a little bit that protected that pipe. So we need to do some mitigation there. And um, Brad was concerned as a private citizen and someone who is pretty knowledgeable about the shellfish beds in the general area came to speak to us and voiced his concerns. Sean Side came from TPI. He's very involved in the project along with the consulting firm that's working with us. And we had a good presentation from both of those people. And now we're going to set up a separate meeting with Brad and anyone else down in the Clark's Cove area who has concerns, just so they understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. And obviously, we could learn something from their expertise as well. But that project is scheduled for 2024 and and really does need to be done because uh, obviously, we don't want anything to happen to that pipe. That could be a major catastrophe for the city. And uh, and there's a there's a lot of stuff on the council calendar this week as well. Uh, there'll be a full council meeting on Thursday, but I know the appointments and briefings meeting on Tuesday night. You you might see a familiar face in the audience there. Uh, <laughs> the the media has been invited to attend this this meeting on Tuesday. Oh, good. I hope you do come. As a matter of fact, you know, Tim, I hope that if it works into your schedule, that you join us at a city council meeting in the near future. I know that Adam represents you on a regular basis, but, you know, from time to time I hear uh, some of your peers at the station and some of your callers talk about uh, the chaos at the city council meetings. And, frankly, uh, there, there isn't any chaos. They're pretty well conducted and they're very professionally uh, run by the council uh, members and by the leadership in the council um, some of our chaos has to do with what's going on in the chamber that really has nothing to do with the councillors. But I invite you to come and see firsthand. And we appreciate anybody coming and 
um, being part of city government. I think it's people's right to do that, and we always welcome them into the chamber. As I'm sure if you watch the beginning of any council meeting whether or any committee meeting, whether it's myself or my colleagues, we always thank people for coming and welcome them into the chamber. And, of course, that is the, the, the appointments and briefings meeting is also when there is the, uh, the citizens' input time. So that's, you know, we were talking about when people would have the chance to, to speak to the council, and that, that would be the yep. time that that would happen. Yep. yep, and we have two people on this coming agenda both speaking to us about taxes. So, um, you know, one of them uh, was on the agenda for February. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it, so he's back for this meeting. And uh, there's another individual as well that wants to talk to us about taxes. Those, um, you know, that was put in place several years ago. Uh, some people use it on a very active basis, and it's open for every appointments and briefings meeting. And uh, there is no debate during that period of time. Counselors listen to the comments of the citizens. I know that from time to time the chair will allow um, a, a citizen to go over the what's supposedly the allotted time. And, uh, you know, we're respectful of people needing to tell us what they need to tell us. And oftentimes... We'll perform, um, you know, we'll listen to the person, we'll get a card from the person, have a conversation out of the meeting, and then you'll see a related motion coming on an agenda subsequent to that so that we can address the issue that was presented to us. All right. Well, we are just about out of time, but we will we will talk with you next week when you know your your, your fellow counselors aren't out raising the flag and they can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, counselor Giesta will be with me next week, so Excellent. I look forward to talking to you then. And yes, they're they're I think they're out of the cold now. It is pretty chilly out there, and uh, they're out of the cold. I was joined this morning by Counselor Oliver, Counselor Markey, and Counselor Gomes, and uh, we had a good flag raising. Uh, Representative Cabral and Hendricks were with us, and. You know, quite a few people from the Friendly Sons organization, which does such a great job in this city, like many of the private organizations, in promoting um, promoting our city and doing good things for the people of our city. Absolutely. Well, thank you Happy for... Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Tim. Thank you for allowing me the time, you and your listeners. And you enjoy your corned beef. Take care. I will. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. That is, we're out of time for that segment. I got to take a break. I'm up against it. We'll be back in a few moments. All right. We are going to be heading into the newsroom in just a moment. We will get all of the national and international headlines from ABC News and then all the local news uh, from Kate Robinson in the WBSM newsroom. We will get your reaction on the other side to everything we talked about with Council President Morad. We can talk more about the CPA. Uh, we can talk more about any of the other things that we discussed. We can talk more about the electric vehicles that we discussed with Senator Markey. Maybe we'll rerun that interview for those of you who didn't get a chance to hear it. Uh, and, of course, we'll take your phone calls. 508-996-0500. We'll take your app chat messages via the WBSM app. And a reminder, too, that uh, later on this evening... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.